We've done a lot of talk about the offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Lockdown Steelers podcast about the guards they've added and the tackles they should add in the draft. But what about the center position? Mason Cole did a solid job there. We'll talk about him, and we got a lot of questions from you guys on the call line who called in. All that here right on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Jana Harner of Channel 11, WPXI in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app, but especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today, as always, on a Friday episode, we're joined by the amazing Jenna Harner of Channel MWXI. Jenna, how are you doing today? Chris, I am wonderful. It's starting to feel like spring. We've had like a couple of those 70 degree days here in Pittsburgh. And let me tell you, oh my gosh, I just want to be outside all the time. We've seen the sun a lot. I'll take it. Life is good. Life is good. And I think that I think that uh, there's a lot of things to be happy about. Like I, I'm a warm weather person. Like I know some people love the cold and get ready for that, man. When I, when I can wear shorts outside and not freeze and not worry about, man, I'm going to get chilly. That's Chris's happy place. So, but let's talk about where the Steelers are trying to create a happy place. And that's with their offensive line and the picket fence that everyone talks about. They're trying to build to protect Kenny Pickett. We've talked a lot about the guards because they went ballistic and adding to the guards. They got Nate Herbig adding to him and they added Isaac Samalo. They've added James Daniels last year. You still got Kevin Dotson on the roster. You got four legitimate guys that you could probably put in there and be really confident about how they're going to look in training camp right now. But then offensive tackle, you still have Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks Akora for, but there's been a lot of talk about this offensive tackle draft class. The Steelers might take one in the first round, maybe in the second round, but either way, somewhere between those first three picks uh, at 17, 32, and 49, that could be offensive tackle. But one position group, the one position that we haven't talked a lot about in the offensive line is center. And it's because I think of the situation the Steelers are in right now with their current center. And that's, of course, Mason Cole, who they added last year. Now, Mason Cole did a pretty decent job by all means. I gave him a B. I think I gave him a B, not a B plus, but I still gave him a, a good grade on, on the year here on the show uh, when we did our end of the season grades. But when you looked at what he did, he helped stabilize the offensive line. He wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, a dominant player uh, by by all means. But you know, this is a guy who, when he was when he was playing, he wasn't the problem with the offensive line. You know, the to the two hits that were given up uh, on Kenny Pickett that led him to getting injured during the year didn't come from his spot. They came from Kevin Dotson all year long. He allowed 21 pressures. Uh, only two sacks came a result of him, according to the charting from pro football focus. Um, and he was, he was kind of a resource there. Jenna, should the Steelers feel comfortable with sticking with Mason Cole with this, with, with their situation right now and the other needs that they have, or should they be looking to upgrade him? Because uh, he's, he's a guy who's 27 years old. He could be around for a few more years, but of course, building the draft is always something they like to do. No, absolutely. I feel like they 
with all of their other needs right now, they don't need to go out and find a center. And I know that we'll talk about this and there are some centers that pose a lot of intrigue in this year's draft class. But I think when you look at the entirety overall of what the Steelers team needs right now, especially in the secondary on defense, especially like we talked about, like you mentioned with tackles, I think those are more of the pressing needs early on. And I think when you have a veteran guy like Mason Cole, I don't entirely want to call him veteran in that sense because he's been Mm -hmm. in the league for um, more than a handful of years at this point but his presence in the locker room and I know that this is something that we always talk about and this is something that a lot of people will look to but you and I witness it firsthand he's kind of that steady presence he's always somebody that's willing to talk no matter what win loss take things on his shoulders be very honest be very open and say you know hey here's where we made this mistake X, Y, and Z, but at the same time, here's where we didn't do that. Here's where we improved. And he was kind of always constantly that steady ship, if you will, in a sense where he was consistently like, you know, reminding us as we're reporters in the locker room, asking questions about the struggles with the offensive line and things like that, you know, saying, Hey, we are a work in progress, but we're getting there. We're taking strides. And he would give specific examples. And I think not only that, but the rapport that he developed with Kenny Pickett, that's something that's really invaluable. And for a quarterback, I know it doesn't seem like a huge thing, but when you do change centers, there's timing, there's little key things that of course can be worked on throughout the entirety of training camp and OTAs and things along those lines. But at the same time, having that consistency is going to be so crucial when you potentially are adding more pieces to the offensive line in this draft, like tackles. So I don't think that the Steelers need to make it an insane priority. I think if a guy falls to them that they really like at the center position in, I'd probably say the third round second. I think it's a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. Third round. Sure. I, their second round pick to me is basically another first round pick. So I don't, or the first second round pick, I should say. So I don't entirely think that's the pick you'd want to use either. But I, I think that right now where they are, they would be more than okay to go into the draft next year or go into the season next year with Mason Cole under or Mason Cole at center to start. Yeah, I feel you on that. And, and I mean, also, like, this is an interesting center class. It's really the top three guys that ring out for me, and neither none of them are first-round picks. They're all kind of second, third-round range. Just for the, the 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 rundown on the names there, John Michael Schmitz is my top center in this draft class out of Minnesota, 6'3", 301. Uh, really good, really good, great. He looks great on tape. He looks like he can handle himself, um, and he's able to kind of, he's able to kind of get moving. He's he's not a he's not just a power center in the middle of the offensive line. Uh, another guy is Joe Tipman, 6'6", 313, huge as far as the size he can bring out of Wisconsin. Out of Wisconsin, um, I think that he's another really solid interest guy they could look at. And of course, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State, 6'3", 303. Um, you know, a bit, a bit younger. He's just about to turn twenty two. Uh, so you know, the Steelers like to get those some of those younger guys in the roster and all of those would be interesting additions but like you said not at 17 and definitely not at 32 and we talked about the potential potential of trading up and trading back 49 I think is the first area where you might even think about that but again let's look at where the Steelers are right now as far as their needs they you know they do need to address offensive tackle because they want to improve that 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 group there's not as you know Dan, especially Dan Moore Jr. spot is less steady than Mason Cole's uh, a young corner who could add to there, a young linebacker, a young defensive lineman, a uh, young a, a young edge rusher. There's a, a young safeties. There's there's a lot of different groups that could also fly in there. A young receiver even. And yeah. this is where I just think that yes, 
may, a center would be nice to have. And if, and if one of these guys fell into your lap, you wouldn't turn it down because then when Mason, like you could have Mason Cole for another year or two and then maybe re-sign him for longer if you wanted. Or if you had this young guy who was really coming along, they could fit in. And then you'd be like, you know what? We don't got to keep paying. We got a guy on a rookie contract that could work out there. But I'm with you. This is not a priority. This is a, this would be a luxury pick, I think, in their eyes. Not that center is a luxury pick. It's usually a foundational building pick. But I think that with their other needs right now, this would be something that more so like, hey, this just worked out perfectly for us. Yeah, and it doesn't take away from your offensive line if you keep him. If you add to your right. offensive line through one of the tackles, if one of those top three tackles falls to you at 17 or somehow, some way, miraculously at 32, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they mm -hmm. fall to you at 17 and you add your offensive line in that way, the offensive line automatically gets better and you have a guy in Mason Cole at center to – kind of be that steady presence. And at the same time, again, I know this is kind of an overblown storyline, but when you have a guy who's a veteran, quote unquote, working with some of those rookies, we see it all the time. I go back to the infamous video last year of Cam Hayward, and this is defensive line, of course, but Cam Hayward working with DeMarvin Leal, pulling him aside and working technique. And of course yep. that happens at any position. And of course that happens with coaches and all of that. But with a guy like Mason Cole doing that, if the Steelers did potentially add to their offensive line with a tackle in that first round with that pick, then you kind of have, you know, hey, this is how we do things here. Come learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see if there is a move on center. There's other moves that the Steelers can make. We've talked a lot about a draft, but I wanted to take today to also talk about more specific things about the team. We had a lot of questions from you guys, Collins. We got three different questions we're going to get to on this show. So stay tuned. Questions that you guys called into to our to our uh, Locked on Steelers hotline. We'll get to those in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. But first, love to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Ultimate Football GM. If you want to be the person who's deciding, hey, the center is a foundational position, Chris, it's not a luxury pick. Your chances to prove it, you can build a great team in Ultimate Pro Football GM, a, a game that you can download right onto your phone from, the, from your app store for free and play it even offline. You can play against the computer, manage your own team. You're the NFL GM. You can build the facilities, hire the coaches, hire the staff, uh, draft players, trade players, do anything crazy and build your, your legacy over 25 seasons build, building that up. You can also now also play against other players who have built their franchises. So if you want to build your legendary dynasty and put them up against others, you can do that. I'm crushing people when I'm doing it. I've, 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 I, I told y'all before, I did this before I won 19 championships in 25 years. We're starting over again. We're at 12 years, Jenna. We're at 10 Super Bowls. I like my I like my my rankings right now. I'm doing pretty good, and I'm smashing everybody, every team that goes up against me. So if you want to play me, go get Ultimate Pro Football GM. Download it right now. You can also go to ultimate-gm.com to look it up in app. If you want to look, don't want to look it up in app stores. Also, when you get to the game store, quick easy thing that Locked On gives you. You go to the game store. You can go to the promo code and the promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on all capital letters all one word and you'll get a 100 free boost to all the stats you need to help build your dynasty today so get ultimate football gm at ultimate-gm.com or in your local app store on your phone ultimate football gm start your dynasty today Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner, Channel 11 WPXI. Jenna, we got some questions from fans that I think are going to be interesting to, to get to get to here. One that focuses back on the defense, because the Steelers have made a lot of moves, 
uh, in the secondary. They brought back DeMonte KZ. They signed Keanu Neal. They signed Patrick Peterson. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about Joey Porter Jr., Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Julius Brents, all these cornerbacks that are flying around the NFL draft. And a lot of these talks are about guys in the secondary. And our man Freeman Burgess from South Carolina has a question if that shows a shift in the priority of the Steelers as a front office. Here's Freeman's question. Good morning, Chris. Uh, this is Freeman Burgess. I'm from South Carolina. My question is, back uh, going back to the LeBeau era when he was the uh, defensive coordinator along with uh, Mike Tomlin, their philosophy used to be build the front seven. And it prioritized building the front seven instead of prioritizing uh, putting resources like draft capital and, and um, big uh, money free agents into the secondary. Uh, has that changed in any way? Or do you see that they are still thinking front seven as a priority? Thank you. So, General Freeman's question is, is, is kind of based off of what their recent moves have been. I feel that question there because this I think they are putting an emphasis in the type of guys they're adding to the secondary. They're adding guys who go after turnovers. But I also think we have to calculate for they already have the guys up front. Cam Hayward's still there. They've re-signed Larry Ogunjobi. TJ Watt is TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith's still there. Uh, I, think, I think that they're more so adding to the secondary now because they kind of are comfortable with their, with their, front, with their, front, their guys up front right now on the defense. Yeah, I think it's kind of more of what this team needs at this current moment versus an entirely philosophical shift. And I do think that obviously it is incredibly important to add up front and that's what the Steelers look to do. But when you already have guys in there like those names that you just mentioned, this team is like, hey, again, kind of with what we were talking about in the last segment, but you feel confident with where you're at at some positional needs that you can go and really fill the holes that are a little bit more gaping for, you know, lack of a better term on the on the defensive side of things. I do think defensive depth is something that's incredibly important, and I think the Steelers should look to add some depth on their defensive line when it comes to this draft. And again, it's probably going to be, you know, middle round picks in that way. But to me, I think this is just kind of this area of need right now where basically, I mean, everybody's talking about it, but if there is one of those top three cornerbacks there at 17, I would bet a whole lot of money that the Steelers are going to go for one of those guys, whether it's Joey Porter Jr. or Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon. I think that those three guys, that's such an area of need because, yes, you have Patrick Peterson. Yes, you feel comfortable with Levi Wallace at this moment, obviously. Um, Adding KZ as a safety is big, too, even though we're strictly focusing on corners for this. But you need, in my opinion, you got to add somebody um, in this draft. It's, again, going to be intriguing to see if the three cornerbacks everyone's talking about kind of there's a separation between the top three. It has been interesting too, that I've seen that a lot of the guys that have come on visits for the Steelers, mm-hmm. those top 30 visits are those cornerbacks that are past, or I don't want to say past, but those are, those are, you know, after those top three guys, there are those right. ones that the Steelers might look to target in with that 32nd pick, if that's going to be the way that things fall. But I do think more of this isn't entirely a whole change in philosophy in the way that the Steelers attack the draft when it comes to adding defensive players. I think it's just right now, hey, look, they need more players in the secondary on defense than they do up front. And this is kind of showing in the guys that they're bringing in for these visits and the talk about, okay, who's going to be 
drafted when that number 17 hits 17 pick hits and the Steelers are officially on the clock. Uh, I agree entirely. Also, I think it's also important to note, this is a strong cornerback class. Like there's guys in the third round who I think could become starters legitimately and not like long shots, but like really decent players who could fit into to teams immediately. And also, you know, very soon after like maybe a year's development time, whereas this defensive line class, there's talented guys there. You know, Jalen Carter's at the very top. Kalijah Kansi from Pitt is a guy that is very interesting. Brian Brizzy of, of, uh, of, of Clemson. I really think the Steelers are looking hard at Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin and Gervin Dexter out of Florida. Those are two, I think, really good sweet spot picks for maybe the second the second round for Benton, maybe the third round for Dexter if he falls far enough. But I think it's just that corner is just a different position right now for them. And, I mean, just look at the looking at the roster. They lost Cam Sutton to free agency. They needed to find a fill for that. That's why they got Patrick Peterson. Both Terrell Edmonds and DeMonte KZ's contracts were up. They needed to re-sign KZ, and then they brought in Keanu Neal's replacement. I think this is purely situational, but I do think it's it's important for Freeman to point out, you know, hey, like just noting noticing where when and where they're putting these investments because they are going to have to replenish the youth on the defensive front soon because yeah. Cam Hayward's up there. Larry Ogunjobi's going to be getting thir- turning 30 soon. Um, you know, there's there, that need is there. So it's something they're definitely watching. And if they see one of those guys like a Keanu Benton, I think at 32, I think they jump at that and they'd be like, yeah, let's add to that group. But I don't think it's exclusive to the secondary. All right. Another question we have, we have here that I want to get to involves, Parker from Indianapolis asking more of a question about our projections for the upcoming year about who could be a pro bowler. Here's Parker. Hey, Chris, this is Parker from Indianapolis. I had just had a quick question for you. Um, since we're kind of in the lull of the uh, draft season now, I have a question for you that's going to be, uh, who do you think has the potential on offense and defense of being either a first-time pro bowler or all-pro talent? Uh my offensive guess would be Pat Fryermuth, and my defensive guess would be the new addition, Cole Holcomb. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Parker, for your question. And also, if you want to have your question on the show, just call 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and and your question. Keep it to a, under a minute to help us with the timing timing of everything there, and we'll try to get your question on the show. But, Jenna, it's a good question, uh, you know, about guys who could be, be, could be uh, first-time uh, pro, pro bowlers slash all pros. Let's let's get some names out there though that have been on the list. Najee Harris made the Pro Bowl. Uh, Deontay Johnson made the Pro Bowl. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and then of course like Patrick Peterson's been there as well. So take all those guys out of the mix. The Steelers still have a bunch of talented guys who haven't been there. Give me one offensive pick and one defensive pick that you think are the prominent guys who could make make their first Pro Bowl next year for the Steelers. Well, I'm going to start with defensively because Alex Highsmith, in my opinion, was a snub last season. I mean, 14 sacks. He was just a phenomenal. He took that big leap heading into this year. He was lights out, especially when he had to step in and fill a pretty solid role considering P.J. Watt was down for how many was that? Eight weeks? Seven? It was about it was about it was about eight weeks, about two yeah, months. Yeah, it was week nine when he came back against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think Alex Highsmith, no doubt about that, especially too with contract negotiations for him and things along those lines, especially if he does get paid this off season or if they do agree to his contract, then that's going to be a huge year for him. So I'm definitely on defense would say Alex Highsmith offensively. I like the suggestion. I like the thought of Pat Fryermuth here. 
I might go a little out of the box. I don't want to say out of the box entirely, but George Pickens might be for mm-hmm. me one of the ones. I they're both security blankets and not in a bad way. But Pat Fryermuth is that guy that Kenny Pickett knows. Hey, he's going to be over the middle. I can find him. I can stay in the pocket, take a hit, and he's going to make a play. I think. Also for Fryermuth too, he had talked about at the end of the season how there were some drops, there was kind of some misplays that he wasn't a huge fan of that he really wants to clean up heading into the season. But I would say him or George Pickens just because I think year two for George Pickens and Kenny having the chemistry, having the development that they're going to have, they've already all been working together this offseason. I think when we come into OTAs, there's always those couple players that were like, whoa, coming into year two, this is a big jump. And so I think George Pickens wants to prove that in that way too, but Yeah, I like the idea of potentially just offense in general, some of those guys taking those next steps. And I think it could be either Fryermuth or um, Pickens. But what say you? Now I'm intrigued. So, I mean, those are the the, the good answers. Highsmith, Fryermuth, Pickens. Those, I think, are all three really legitimate. So I'm going to have to think really outside of the box for this. You're making it tough. Now, Parby wants to say Demonte KZ because I think that he could be he he could the way that he attacked the football, he can get some interceptions next year that puts him on the map. But I have a hard time seeing that because Minka Fitzpatrick's going to go to the Pro Bowl, and I just have a hard time seeing two Steelers safeties getting that nod. Uh, And that also might be the thing that's holding up Alex Highsmith a bit there. uh, As far as that, I'm gonna say two options here. Larry Ogunjobi, if he gets back to where he was when he came to the Steelers, remember he was dealing with an injury. He played really well for the Steelers last year, but he was dealing with an injury. He couldn't be as consistent all year, and that was kind of a thing that nagged him along. But I liked Parker's suggestion of Cole Holcomb as a linebacker. If he can rack up the tackles, just do the thing that the key thing and make a couple turnovers over the middle, he can get a, a, an off-ball linebacker nod or, or dare I say, someone who's not even on the roster yet, in whoever in a linebacker that they may draft, I think the Steelers could really like a Jack Campbell type of linebacker out of Iowa, get him in the second round. And if he comes in, he has the I think he's a guy who has the potential with the way that he plays off ball linebacker. He could play up in the run. He could be he's really good in coverage in the past. He has the size to impact things. I think an off ball linebacker from the Steelers, if they can kind of whoever becomes that leading tackler guy that kind of sets the tone and helps in coverage, if they can get like a couple turnovers, Steelers fans are going to vote for those vote for those guys. I think they're going to get a lot of respect. And it could be interesting to see if someone can get the guy kind of respect in the AFC. Uh, so that's my defensive side. Offense, like you said, Pickens and Fryermuth are kind of the, the, the easy takers there. Yeah. You, you know. I'm, you know, I, I look at those type of players and I say like, man, like play, playmakers are, are, are easy to talk about, but what about their new addition of Isaac Samalo at guard? Because yeah. he was really sharp for the Eagles. Right. And he was a power. Yeah. If he can be, if he's the new, if the Steelers offensive line takes a serious step and is more aggressive, is running the ball better. And, and you're seeing all that. I, I think that there's going to be voters who look and say like, who's the new face of the offensive line that's changing that tone and Samalo could be that new face. Granted, it could also be an offensive tackle they draft. But I think Samal, I'm going to go with a dark horse pick there and say maybe he gets some respect on his name when it comes to some Pro Bowl voting. I like that pick a lot. I've been hearing so much about him, too. It's been so intriguing. There's been a ton. But basically, everyone just says how quality of he is. He's a complete pro and how he's an upgrade to every single offensive line that he goes to. So no doubt about that. I think this offensive line is going to take a lot of strides, and he's going to be probably a pretty decent factor behind it. But then again, we know the kind of like – as the wheels turn and all the cogs and all the gears mesh together, 
Your offensive line is more solid up front. It allows your run game to run more freely. It allows you to open things up offensively. It's kind of that whole thing. So if the Steelers offensive line does take strides, I do think there's a chance we could see a guy like Isaac Samalo being named to a pro bowl or an all pro, but that'll be, this will be fun. I think we should like mentally bookmark this and absolutely come back to our predictions at the end of the season, because I think that both of what we're saying here, there's a lot of, uh, could be a lot of truth to, Hey, maybe there's a couple guys and maybe a couple of the guys we said are pro bowl nods by the end. Absolutely. Especially when we do see the the, the rookies they bring in in the draft, that'll also give us a chance. We'll get like, let's see these guys at training camp. And then you and I will redo this. And we'll be like, okay, who are our actual projections? Now that we know who is on the roster, who's starting and what this, what this team is going to look like. We got another question for, to get to from you guys. So don't go anywhere. We have another question who called, who called in. Uh, We'll get to that. But first I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, America's number one sports book that you need to get on in on right now. If you're not already, if you are a new customer, you can take advantage of their no sweat first bet, which gives you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If you miss on your first bet, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and you can sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on anything. The NBA playoffs are around the corner, NHL playoffs, MLBs in action. There's so much sports to bet on right now. You will have all the options right now. And you can do that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Join. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Jenna Harner, breaking things down, answering your questions here. We got one more caller who called in for this show, and I wanted to save this for last because I think it could be interesting for not just this year, but for future years. Here's Bryce from Austin, Texas, with a question about something that's happened with another franchise. Here's Bryce. Hey, Chris, it's Bryce calling from Austin, Texas. I kind of have a funny take for you on this. uh, with the owners' meetings in the uh, rearview mirror and the Lamar Jackson contract saga just kind of dragging on and looking at having new contracts for Burrow, Hertz, and uh, Herbert coming up, do you think that Jimmy Haslam was the most hated owner at the owners' meeting? I mean, I bet there was some tension in the owners' rooms when, when he was around, just uh, – with him uh, handing out that guaranteed contract with uh, uh, Watson. And so I'd just like to hear some of your thoughts on how you think other owners view um, uh, Haslam and uh, and how that's going to impact uh, moves going forward for all the teams. All right. Love your show. Have a great day. Thank you, Bryce, for your career question. Appreciate everyone who call who calls in and leaves questions. We will try to. We, there's a lot more questions you guys have asked that we are going to try to get to on the show as we continue heading into draft to the NFL draft. But again, call 412-223-6644 to get your question in name number or name where you're from and uh, what what your what your question is. Keep it under a minute. Uh, but to Bryce's question, Jenna, we knew last year before NFL owners meeting this year that. Owners and GMs were not happy with the Browns with how they handled Deshaun Watson's situation. The amount of money they knew this was going to cause conflict because quarterbacks were going to see that and be like, well, I'm better than Deshaun Watson and I don't have a whole bunch of uh, sexual assaults charges on, on, on my case. Uh, you know, I deserve that kind of money, even better than that kind of money. And we're seeing that, of course, with the Baltimore Ravens right now. But I think it's also interesting as it pertains to future guys who are about to get paid, like a Justin Herbert, like a Joe Burrow. Does the buck stop? 
with Lamar Jackson or because we see Lamar Jackson holding out. He's not signing the deal that the Ravens give him. He wants more guaranteed money. And there's that stack that, that, that there's that dispute that's still going on right now. Is this something that carries over? Or do you think that this is just a Lamar Jackson thing? And once those guys come up, they're going to get their deals. Well, you have to wonder at some point too, like when the bubble is going to burst on this thing, because again, mm started that vicious cycle and we knew this was going to be the case and for us as fans and for us as you know reporters and analysts it's kind of intriguing to see the this side of it and to be on this side and looking in and saying hey look like this is probably going to be the reality especially again once that market is set with what the Haslam's did with Watson's contract what's stopping Lamar Jackson from saying, Hey, I want this money because I know I'm better than this guy. And you want to make me the face of this franchise. I feel like I deserve this. And I definitely think, especially with a guy like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is going to have an absolute heck of a case that he can serve up on a silver platter. because He's like, Hey, look what I've done. Uh, you got me an upgraded offensive line and I took you to the Super Bowl and the AFC championship. Like, this is just what he, I I think for him, that's going to be fascinating to see. It's funny because like, I hadn't thought that far ahead yet. And now that I'm there, I'm like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Even Herbert, I mean, again, these guys are going to be able to make their case really well. I, I think, I mean, there's a ton with the Lamar Jackson situation in general. I think in, you know, this is just me, my personal opinion. I think this is where you almost, if you were Lamar Jackson, kind of do wish you had an agent. And again, everybody can handle their things the way that they want to. I just think that this is kind of what an agent should be for in this way. But I think this did really, really, and again, we know this, but it frustrated so many of the owners and of GMs because they're like, we're going to have to do this. Why'd you guys have to do this? But at the same time, good for the players because they want that guaranteed money. And that's something that, you know, they're saying, hey, look, we're putting our bodies on the line. We're putting our lives, as we've seen on the line here. We want to get some sort of compensation for that and for what we do and for the fact that we go out and we entertain, but this is going to be a fascinating couple years starting with Lamar Jackson. And then I think the question can be also what the trickle down is going to be after all is said and done with whatever happens with Jackson and his contract. Absolutely. Cause we don't know right now, as it stands, Lamar Jackson has a non-exclusive franchise tag from the Ravens, which means if someone matched that money, they would owe the Ravens two first round draft picks. That hasn't happened yet. There's been a lot of teams who vocalized that they're not interested in doing something like that. Um, so there's, there, there's questions as far as, you know, will he, will he be back with the Ravens next year? Uh, despite, you know, asking for a trade in early March. So uh, lots of questions there. And, you know, if he if, if he played for the Ravens this year and then ended up somewhere else next year, what would those ramifications be? How would and how would that situation also impact quarterbacks saying, you know what? Yeah, Lamar didn't get that deal, but I want it. And, mm-hmm. you know, would they be able to get it? And then thinking even another step down the line, Jenna, let's say all that happens. Let's say Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert just come down. They just sit at the table and they're just like, pay me. I, I want it. I, I, I've earned it. Give me the money. Yes. And you see the Chargers and the Bengals shell out ridiculous money that kind of strings their their salary cap, makes some other positions harder to keep around. And then NFL teams start to see like, man, is that the future? Yeah. And then who else would be coming down the line just a couple of years after that? But Kenny Pickett. And would the Steelers be in a position there to be like, be to be like, hey, Kenny, like you. You, you see, I, mean, I know we're dealing with a lot of hypotheticals here, but yeah. if the Steelers could be able to use that and be like, hey, could we be in the right position to be like, hey, we've seen how 
quarterbacks' contracts have destroyed rosters and how and, and made it tough to keep it. Kenny, do you want to win here in Pittsburgh? Can we construct something that, yes, pays you a lot of money, but also doesn't take up this high chunk of the percentage of the salary cap? I know that's thinking way down the line, Jenna, but do you see that as something that maybe could come about as a sort of, again, a spark that all started with Baker Mayfield not liking that they even talked to Deshaun Watson in the first place? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be kind of the ramifications that could come down the line is like, how is this going to shake out for deals in the future? And what is what are the implications on the salary cap going to be? I always like to joke that like the salary cap in the NFL isn't really real, especially with all the, you know, reshuffling and reshifting and restructuring of, okay, this we're restructuring this guy's contract. And now we have 10 more million dollars. Like those types of things. I think there's always going to be a way to kind of skirt it and smart NFL GMs and owners know how to do just that. But the reality is, is that this could kind of change a lot of things, especially just with, Hey, look, how are quarterbacks going to get paid? And if you're willing to spend so much money, because then I feel like, and again, we talk about this too, but then it's going to be, everyone's going to look so quarterback centric in the draft and look to build potentially, but look to build their teams in entirety and then bring in that piece where they're like, Hey, we need you to kind of go out there and do everything because we don't have the money to spend in that way. So it is going to be really intriguing, but I do wonder kind of how things will shake out and what it will look like for Kenny Pickett when it's time for him to say, Hey, look, I've been here this many years. It's time for me to get paid. I'm going to be off my rookie contract. What are you going to be willing to offer? But I think once the dominoes start falling with whatever happens with Lamar Jackson, that's going to paint a much clearer picture and kind of shape what does happen as we move forward here in the future. There's a lot of things that still have to, a lot of dominoes that have to fall, a lot of pieces that still need to be put in place and to see what even happens with Lamar Jackson and what does that set the tone for quarterback negotiations in the near future. But I'm sure we'll have a lot of time to talk about that. Uh, and we'll have, uh, just as we have just, well, now less than what two, we're now three weeks away from, less than three weeks away from from the opening of the NFL draft where we will finally get to look and see who the Steelers are taking. We'll continue talking about that, examining picks, ranking different positions right here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. So check us out all the time. Jenna, thank you so much for your time, as always, on the Friday episode. Let people know where they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Well, thank you for, for finding me. Thank you for having <laughs> me, as always. Oh, my gosh. It's fine. It's it's, it's fine. Friday. It's fine. We're it's at this yeah. point. We're good. Um, you can find me. That's what I was trying to say. You can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner, and on WPXI in Pittsburgh. Um, just getting ready for the draft, getting ready to see if the Penguins can make that final push into the playoffs and all the fun stuff that comes with that. So definitely tune in there. But uh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, usually that's where you can find me. Absolutely. Do check Jenna Harner out. She does amazing work with Channel 11 and all the things we do at Channel 11 because I'm sometimes on there as well. But as always, you can find me, Chris Carter, right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, to get all my coverage of Pitt Athletics and the things they do there. You can also catch me on the North Shore Drive podcast from there. So check me out on all those different platforms, but especially Locked on Steelers on your favorite podcasting app and YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Be back Monday with more right on, the, on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast.